أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وآله الطاهرين اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وعجل فرجه الرضا satisfaction of course divine satisfaction satisfaction of Allah is meant here <coughs> now satisfaction of Allah can mean one of two things either I'm satisfied with Allah or Allah is satisfied with me we'll talk about that so after all of the yaqeen and ma'rifah and uh, I don't remember the last chapter we had what it was what was it yaqeen I think it was yeah so and tawakkul and yeah so these after all of these what we have is rida which is going to is going to be feeding off of the yaqeen we have for sure I would say but it also has to do with now I can't say it's a practical thing, but it's theoretically a practical thing. It's a practical thing in, in theory. In other words, in our mind, in our heart, we're actually doing something here. Um, it's not just knowledge that we have of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or ma'rifah of Allah that we have. Tawakkul also falls under the same category of doing something within your heart, within your mind, which is making Allah your wakil. The next one on the list is rida, which is not just taking Allah as your wakil, but more than that, he's going to talk about that, inshallah. After Rida, we have Taslim. After Taslim, we have Tawheed. So let's see how far we can get, inshallah, with this. So he says with Rida, um, there's two types of Rida, satisfaction. Sometimes you try your best to make Allah happy with you, satisfied with you, have Rida of you. Sometimes, and that of course happens through me obeying Allah and making sure that I do things in line with what he wants of me. Which is the wajib and haram, he says here. But then there's another there's another uh, type of rida or category of rida, which has to do with not be Allah being happy with me and satisfied with me and radi of me, but rather me being radi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoa. This is not for everybody. So right now I'm just going to be uh, saying things that I don't even, you know, probably do, it's hard for me to live up to as well. We're all in the same boat. You all might be better than me. Uh, but what's for sure is that I haven't reached this point. So anyway, sometimes you're happy with, Allah is happy with you. You've done what you need to do in life. He's happy with you. Sometimes you're happy with Allah. And what does that, what does that mean? It means that you're happy with the qada and qadar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're happy with what he has decided for you. Okay? That's not going to be easy. You know why? Because every time something goes wrong. Just last night I was talking to somebody. And he was like, I don't know what God had in mind. But man, you know, I don't know what he had in mind. Not, I don't know what he had in mind. I don't know what he had in mind. With that tone. <laughs> Which means that I'm not very happy with what it is. Of course, in the end we say shukr. Usually, but that shukr also is kind of like speaking ill. Indirectly, I have we have a, you know, a grandma, an old relative, whatever, someone who's in their older age, and usually she'll complain a lot about things, and then and then she says shukr. I'm like that's that that's I don't know that kind of shukr. I think that's just if you translate shukr here, it means something else. That means like I'm upset actually. But anyway, anyway, this is not for everybody for sure. I mean, this is towards the end of the book of Ayatullah Jawadi where he says that a person is going to be satisfied with what Allah has decreed for them. Okay? Sometimes we understand, sometimes we don't understand what's going on. 
And so here, what I'll tell people and myself is, we know God is behind a lot of things, if not everything that happens to us, unless we mess up ourselves. And so if there are things beyond our control that befall us, and we know this is the case, that Allah is behind things, then if I'm going to start pointing fingers to God and saying, why did this happen to me? Why did that happen to me? Maybe it's better to come down one level, okay? And not tell myself Allah wants everything and this is Allah's decree because I, apparently I'm not ready for it because I'm questioning, I'm questioning Him and His decree. If I ever catch myself questioning God's decree, it's time to come down a level. What do I mean by that? To tell myself, this is a material world that I'm in. In a material world, there is clash of interests. People do things, things happen that are not in my best interest probably and I'm not happy with them. Yeah, and just this is just the world that we're in. And Allah wants to see what my reaction is going to be. Am I going to take the haram route in reaction to this thing that happened or the halal route? It's a test for me. If I can't accept and I don't have that ma'rifah and yaqeen that we've talked about before. If I don't have that ma'rifah or yaqeen that will allow me to be happy with Allah, you know, with when things happen or be okay with Allah when things happen to me, it shows I'm not ready for that. I need to come down. What do I, I'm not going to hate on lecturers, but I'm a lecturer myself. So if I'm going to say this, I'm hating on myself too. What do lecturers say? They say, be happy with Allah no matter what. Baba, like people lose faith over this. You know why? Because they say, if this is what God wants for me, then God ain't that loving individual that we always thought he was. Correct? No. Rida and that maqam and degree and level of rida is one that if you're not ready for it, it's better to come down a level and tell yourself, hey, I make mistakes. Others make mistakes. It's a material world. Stuff happens. And God wants to see how I'm going to react to them. If, if I was to be put in a world where everything's perfect, there was no test. Apparently, we have to be tested one way or another. So you're going to have to come to a place where stuff happens. All right. But there are some who will go beyond this and they are ready for that higher level and degree. They are radi. What did Imam Hussein, one of the last words that he said was, ridan biridak. Right. I'm happy with what you're happy with, oh Allah. So there are some who will go higher than that. And so here, one of those individuals that of course is going to be higher than that is the Holy Prophet And so this hadith here, I love this hadith or narration that says something important about the Prophet that we should always keep in mind. Personally, myself, I should keep in mind as well. And that is the hadith that says, لَمْ يَكُنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ That the Prophet was never heard to say about something that had come to pass. Okay. Is it always going to be in my favor? No. But it has passed. He was never heard to say about anything that has passed. If only it was something different than this. Wow. If only this hadn't happened. All right. Or other hadiths, they, they say the Prophet was never heard to say what if. What if something else had happened in the past? Yes, we take lesson from the past and all of that. That's for sure. But to question when you know the decree of God is in the picture, that is disrespectful to uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, it is a disrespect that's a subtle one that Allah inshallah forgives, Allah over, over, um, overlooks. 
But there are some who have grown so much that they don't make such a mistake. They don't make such assumptions about Allah that, yeah, He doesn't want the best for me. If, if you're going to call Him Allah, one, which means God. Number two, He's all knowledgeable, all powerful, all wise. And this is yet still happening to me. All right then, what am I to, what, who am I to complain? All right? But it is forgivable. It is very easily forgiven in my opinion. Allah doesn't even hold us accountable for that because we are weak. We haven't reached certain levels to not question. Okay. So we have verses, as I've said again and again, this is this book is about the stages of akhlaq in the Quran. So he's going to bring some verses as well. For example, he says, Surah Hadid, verses 23 to 24. No affliction visits the earth or yourselves, but except it is in a book before we bring it about. So before anything happens to us, Allah has knowledge of it. The book here, they, they say, is referring to God's knowledge. Allah has knowledge of it. So He's letting the, us know that, look, I'm part of this. And then the verse goes on, or the verses go on and it says, I'm letting you know that I'm behind everything. So what happens? So that you don't get so grievous and upset over things that you might lose in this life. You had something, you lost it. You had a loved one, you lost them. You lived somewhere, you moved, right? You um, were after somebody, didn't work out. You can be upset, but to understand that Allah is behind it all, okay, that's what it's saying. He's saying, I'm letting you know I'm behind it all so you don't get too upset as if you've lost everything. Do you have me still? Yes, I have you, then you're good. Imam Hussein could have died in Medina or Mecca, next to the Prophet or next to Allah's house. But he chose to go to Karbala, a place that no one knew about before him. Nothing significant about Karbala. But he chose there and he died there. Look at what it is now. Why? Because he had Allah with him. Right? Because Allah's satisfaction was with him. Look at the barakat that comes. Right? So these are things to keep in mind. So you don't become too upset when you lose something. And even greater than that, so you don't become too happy either when something comes to you. Allah wanted this for you. It's not like you figured it out all on your own. And so this brings me to that famous story of Imam Khomeini. Those of you who've read the history of it, I mean, this is a leader of his people who was in exile for 15 years, right? From, what was it? Or maybe more than 15. I don't remember exactly the numbers. But was, was it 1945 to 1970? Excuse me, 19... Uh, 65 to 1979, something like that. I don't remember exactly. 15 years he's out of the country and somehow he's able to, this revolution reaches fruition while he's out. He's been out for like 15 years or so. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the number I remember. I'm, I'm horrible when it comes to numbers. All right, so after all these years, the revolution succeeds. He's on the plane coming back and I've shared this story with you before. On his way back, think about it. You have heard the stories of the Prophet and Prophets, about how it reached a point where it was almost over. And even the Quran says that the, some of the Prophets would say, Mata Nasrullah, where and when is this Nasrullah and aid of Allah? This is very scary, by the way, because <laughs> the Prophets are saying this. This is Quran. And they said, Mata Nasrullah, and then eventually came. So you've heard all these stories all these years, right? Now you're in exile, pushing for a cause that you feel is also divine. 
And now all of a sudden the tables turn and the exact same story that the prophets had is now about you, correct? So you, you should be really head over heels, so happy right now. So he's in the plane coming back after 15 years of exile. This revolution has succeeded. On his way there, they ask him, the, the, the video footage is there, how do you feel? Right? So, I mean, you should be very happy. But look at the rida here, where he says, one word, what does he say? When they ask him, how do you feel? What does he say? Nothing. <laughs> now, some people who don't understand this, what do they say? And I've talked about this before, as I said. What do they say? They say, oh my God, look at this. All these, all these lives that were lost, everything that happened, etc., etc. And you don't feel anything? Like, what, 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 is this? what is this? What kind of leader are you who doesn't care about his people or doesn't care about the cause and all of that? But his answer when he says nothing, those who have the capacity to understand what he's saying, appreciate what he said. When he says nothing, that means, look, if I had lost my life in exile, I would be okay with that. Now that this ha revolution has succeeded, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Why? Because I don't care. I've, I'm okay with whatever Allah is okay with. Okay. Now, the fact that we like something to happen in a certain way doesn't contradict this notion of satisfaction of Allah. We have to, we have to keep that in mind. There's a hadith by Imam Ali al-Islam where he says, I would like whatever Allah wants, but... I prefer, look at the word, I prefer health over sickness, for example. Okay, so that's fine to, you know, we're, we're human beings and material beings at the end of the day. So we have our inclinations and all that, that's fine. But as I said, this is something that happens within the heart, within the mind, within the soul, whatever you want to say. All right, so, I'm just letting you know the Quran says that I'm behind all this. So those of you who want, can at least not be too upset when you lose something and not too happy when you gain something. But the verse that, you know, there's two verses that really point to both of these categories of rida and satisfaction of Allah. We have two verses in the Quran that talk about that, that mention it. That this is an actual thing. People being happy with Allah is an actual thing as well. Radiallahu anhum wa radu an, one of the verses. Yeah, Allah is happy with them and they are happy with Allah. Mm. But then look at what the verse ends with. I like the little matching that he does here with other another verse. He says, it says, Radiallahu anhum wa dhalika liman khashya rabbah. This is for the ones who have khashya of their Lord. You can't just sit there and be like, yeah, God loves me so much. I can do whatever I want in life. And then think you're going to reach such a maqam and, and, and degree of, of iman. No, this is for the ones who have khashiyatullah. And who has khashiyatullah? Another verse tells us who has khashiyatullah. We've talked about this before as well. He's talked about it before. The famous verse that says, min ulama. Do you want to know who has real khashiyat of Allah? Fear of Allah the way it's supposed to be, okay? I would say a fear that's also mixed with hope and love, okay? Do you want to know who has that? Min ibadihi, out of his servants, the, the ulama and, and the knowledgeable ones out of God's servants have this. So if I want khashya, I have to have ilm and ma'rifah of Allah. 
And then once I have that with of Allah followed by the khashya that comes, and then as a result of khashya, I can slowly, inshallah, continuing the path of Allah and righteousness and keeping Allah satisfied with me, reach a point where I'm satisfied with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and whatever He has decreed for me. Or like the famous verse of uh, Surah Al-Fajr. What is it? Ya ayyatuha nafsul mutma'innah. Irji'i ila rabbik. Return to your Lord. Radiyatan mardiyah. While you are radi and mardi. Radi means you're happy. And mardi means you are the subject of someone's happiness. Or the object of someone's happiness which is Allah. Allah is happy with you and you're happy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's not just uh, being happy with God's decree, brothers and sisters. There would be, I would say, a stage before that as well. So you have rida. We said there's two, right? You are either happy with Allah or Allah is happy with you. And one comes before the other, I would say. First, Allah has to be happy with you before you can be happy with Allah, okay? Or else you're just acting. Allah is happy with you then slowly you are also happy with Allah and the decree of Allah. But you being happy of Allah itself has two parts. So this is what it would look like in a flowchart. Okay? This bottom one is two parts itself. You know what I'm saying? If they take a screenshot of this, I don't know what will come out of it, but this is a video, inshallah. <laughs> um, when you're happy with Allah, you're sometimes happy with the decree of Allah. That's what we've been talking about so far. But there's something that comes before that that's also important. You being happy with the tashri'i will of Allah, not just the takwini will of Allah. The decree of Allah, what happens to me that's beyond my control, that's the takwini will of God. But there's a tashri'i will of God as well. The stuff that I have a say in, I can do what He wants and not do what He wants. The do's and don'ts. I have to be happy with what Allah tells me to do and what He tells me to refrain from as well or else I'm not going to get anywhere. If I'm not happy with the do's and don'ts, I'm definitely not going to be happy with the decree of Allah. Because if I'm not happy with the do's and don'ts, I'm not going to follow them probably or I'll be sloppy on them. If I'm sloppy with the do's and don'ts of Allah, then I said, Allah's not going to be happy with me, right? And when Allah is not happy with me, I'm not going to have happiness towards His decree. You see how everything is linked together? And what is the starting point? The starting point is just acknowledging that He tells me what to do and don't do, and I live up to that. So let me go over that again. I am okay with, I acknowledge, I am happy with what Allah tells me to do and not do. Shaitan messed up right there, by the way. Okay? I'm okay with Allah telling me what to do or what not to do and the things that He's told me to do and not to do, number one. If I live up to that, Allah is now satisfied with me. So first, I'm satisfied with Allah's Allah tells me what to do and not to do. As a result now, as I fulfill that, He's happy with me. Now that He's happy with me, some magical things happen, so to speak. And I will be happy with whatever else comes my way, not of do's and don'ts anymore, of divine decree. I got into an accident. Easier said than done, of course. But I get into an accident. This happens to me. That happens to me. I lose this. I lose that. But if a person is struggling with the do's and don'ts, of course they're not going to be happy with anything else that befalls them. Okay? We have a verse in the Quran that also points this out. And this is one verse. There might be other ones as well. This is Surah Nisa, verse 65. That you have to be happy with 
what the Prophet, what, what Allah decides for you of the do's and don'ts, not just decree. People during the Prophet's time, they would get into problems with each other, you know, all the time, right? It's not just our centers today, it's back in the past too. During the Prophet's time, they couldn't stand each other, okay? But it says here, but no, by your Lord, they will not believe. They don't have true Iman until they make you a judge in their disputes. Okay, that's easy. To go to the Prophet and tell him, hey, Prophet, we want you to judge between us. But the thing is, what if he judges not to your favor and in your favor, but the opposite? That's the part. So they make you a judge, number one. Then do not find within their hearts, not just practically, in their hearts even, any dissent to your verdict and submit in full submission. Yeah, sometimes you say, yeah, whatever this person says, but then when this person judges, in your heart at least, if not even more than that, in your heart you're upset with their judgment. That's fine. You might think they made a mistake, but the Prophet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a different story. So it's not just with divine decree. It's also with the do's and don'ts. Here the Prophet is telling you, you this person's haq, this person's batil. I have to go with that. I have to listen to that and adhere to it. But having said all of that, I just want to open a little parenthesis, okay? The fact that I am okay with and acknowledge Allah's authority when it comes to the do's and don'ts doesn't mean that I'm not going to do my due diligence to figure out what He wants from me. Okay? Or let me give you another example. Let me explain it like this. I have to have come to a definitive uh, uh, conclusion that this is my responsibility in this case. Then I tell myself, okay, now that this is my responsibility, I'm not going to question it. But to figure out the responsibility, then over there, there is going to be a lot of gray area and people are really different. I'll give you some examples or maybe one example. Like for example, if a person has come to the conclusion that different marajit have different rulings on a specific matter, some are easier, some are harder. But this person has reached this conclusion that these maraja are all equal in their knowledge, which is usually the case in this day and age. Okay? Top five or six, he believes or she believes, I can choose from whichever one of them. This person, you can't tell them, choose the harder one because you have to not question God's commands and do's and don'ts. We haven't even reached the conclusion yet on what the do's and don'ts are in this specific scenario. Right? So I'm going to figure that out. Can I choose whichever one I want Islamically? They'll tell you, yes, you can. Okay, I'm going to choose the easier one. Oh, how dare you? Choose the harder one. You must be submitted to Allah. I am submissive to Allah through the easier one, Habibi. <laughs> Trust me, there are more than enough hard rulings out there for you to be submissive towards, okay? So we need to figure that out as well. And some people during the Prophet's time made this mistake. The Prophet leaves Medina for the grand, I don't know, conquest of Mecca. When did the conquest of Mecca take place? Tell me. Huh? The conquest of Mecca, which month of the year did it take place in? Sheikh Mahdi's lectures. Huh? Almost. Was that? Ramadan. Around the 20th of Ramadan, he said, right? What do you do in Ramadan? You fast, if for those of us who didn't know. You fast in Ramadan. <laughs> so... As they're leaving Medina, some accounts say that there were some companions of the Prophet who were on this very lofty journey of conquering Mecca. 
And the Prophet, after he passes the city limits and all of that, and he says, we're not fasting anymore, we break our fast. What did some say? No, we want to be super spiritual. On this spiritual journey, we're going to conquer Mecca, right? According to some accounts, they, the Prophet said, now that we have left Medina, it's time to break the fast. They said, we don't want to break the fast. They probably would have argued if they had read Ayatollah Jawadi's book. They would have probably said, you must be submissive to not only the decree of God, but the do's and don'ts of God. We shouldn't question God's do's and don'ts. We still want to see what the do's and don'ts are in this specific scenario. Then we're going to be submissive to it. And they failed that test. Now some might say, but the Prophet didn't tell the people that where he was headed for the conquest of Mecca. doesn't matter if you don't know where you're headed. We just know we're outside of the city now. And we're past the city limits and it's going to be a long journey. That's enough to break the fast. Some people said we're going to still fast. Yeah. Until today, some fiqh, some fiqh out there says a traveler still has to fast. Okay. Yes. So that was also an explanation we had to have regarding um, this rida uh, towards Allah's do's and don'ts. Yeah. We can't use that argument to prove certain do's and don'ts because they're harder and we have to be submissive. No. Once we figure out the do's and don'ts, then we are submissive. It's the other way around. Inshallah, that makes sense. Okay. That's a rida in both, in both parts of it. Rida of Allah and Allah's rida of us. But then it moves on. Taslim. So when I first looked at this, I said, why is he bringing taslim after rida? It makes sense that taslim would come before rida. Taslim means submission. I will submit to God's will, but sometimes I won't be happy with what the outcome is, but still I'm submitted, right? So rida should come after tasneem, it seems. Because when you submit, you can be radi or you can not be radi. But once I read through it, I was like, oh, of course, he's at another level. That's why he brought taslim after rida. Why? He's looking at it from a different angle. He says, Taslim comes after Rida. Why? Because in Rida, what you have is, I have a taste myself. I have an inclination myself. Okay. I would like things to be in a certain way, but I am going to be perfectly fine and satisfied with what Allah wants from me. That's Rida. Taslim, he says. In Rida, so there is a little bit of me in there still. What I want Versus what Allah wants. But for me, what Allah wants takes precedence no matter what. He says, so you still have an inclination. Oh, okay. Did you know there are some who have reached a maqam of taslim? Submission in this context, according to him, means that I don't even, I've, I've given it to him. I have told God, oh Allah, on the prayer mat, I told him once. I said to him, oh Allah, I don't even have anything in mind. I don't even want anything. Whatever you want, that's what it is. So it's a level higher because I'm taking my taste out of it. My will and wish out of the whole equation. So let me read off of this real quick. It says, In rida, the, ta the tab'ah of the individual is still there. Tab'ah means what you want, okay? What you're inclined towards. And so these people, what their heart is saying to Allah is, and this is a Farsi line, it's a famous line, pasandam janan pasandad. That I love that which janan loves, the, the beloved loves. Okay? He says this is what they're saying in their heart. 
this is, this is very nice and it's, it's it's Persian and it sounds nice too, right? But there's another line that we'll get to as well that these uh, these people who have taslim are saying. So those who have rida, this is what they're saying. But he says, and he translates it like this, he says this pasandam anchera janan pasandad, this amounts to, oh Allah, anything you do is in accordance with what I want. I want. We have an I want in the picture then. Okay. And I have, I have adjusted my wish and will with what Allah wishes and wills. So my wish. Okay. I want. I wish. It's still there. So he says, you see, we haven't gotten rid of that yet. So we were, I'm personally stuck in Rida. Okay. You all, I know I've passed Rida, but you see, you have to see if you're in Taslim now or not. Taslim is a little harder. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So then he goes back. He says, so, so far we've had rida, we have taslim, and we've had tawakkul in the past. Let me break it down for you. The difference between these three. He says, in tawakkul, a person wants something, okay? And they themselves can't figure it out and do it. And so they leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he can do it better. So they make Allah their wakil, their agent, Okay. And the Quran has told us to do that. Rida is higher than that. He says, in Rida, the focus is what I want. But I want from Allah, yeah, that which He wants. And then I'm going to make my 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 will in accordance with what Allah wants. And then he says, Taslim though, is more than that. I don't even have a will or wish anymore. And that's where he brings this Farsi line. Hukm andishi, lutf the hook, the final verdict is whatever you want and whatever you're thinking and whatever you want for me is the best and so I have just submitted everything to you. So he says this is higher than pasandam anchirat janan pasandat. Okay? Taslim. Very simple. So it's very similar to rida. The only difference is this person has reached the point where they've erased the I want part. Okay? You won't find the, 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 the sentence I want or that term there. I want. Okay? Then he moves on to Tawheed now. So Taslim was a quick one because it's very similar to Rida. Tawheed now, and as I've said before, Tawheed, after Tawheed we have Ittihad I think and then we have Wahda and then we're done. Okay? We're done and I, I intend the puns, like we're done, done, okay? <laughs> Not done with the book only. I'm like, we're done, I'm done. I have nothing else to say. In Tawheed, it says... In a nutshell, this is how I'm going to say it, then I'm going to read a little bit. We reach the level and stage of Tawheed, and there's a lot to talk about. I'm just getting us ready, and I'm going to read, leave the rest for our next session, inshallah. He says that in Taslim, what did we have? He said, what I want is what Allah wants. Correct? And we said, okay, there's an I want here. Get rid of that want of yours. So we erase want. Okay. We erase the want part. That's taslim now. I don't, I don't even want anything. But there's still an I left in the sentence, he says. Okay. If you erase the I part, then you've reached tawheed. Okay. I want what Allah wants. That is rida. I want what Allah wants. That means I'm happy with what Allah wants. 
erase the want part, you're taslim now. There is no want of mine. There is no want of mine. I don't want anything. Then taslim, excuse me, tawheed turns around and says, did you just say I don't want anything? To me taslim. Did you still say I? You say, yeah, I still said I. So then you still got, you still got room to grow. Erase the I itself. Okay. Erase the I itself. Now look at this. This is, these are the destinations. And then I'm still struggling here saying, you know, why did God make gold haram on men? I need to discuss this matter. You know, I need to discuss this matter. Like there's a bunch of non-Tawhidi things in this sentence. One of them is I, of course. Get rid of the I. So you get what I did there? You know, the way I worded it, I'm hoping I'm getting this across. I want what Allah wants. This is Rida. Excellent. And I hope I'm there at least. Then we move on. You all say we've moved on from I want what Allah wants. I've get, we've gotten rid of the want. I, we don't want anything. I don't want anything. We're in Taslim. Taslim is cool. It's better than Rida. But then it says you still are looking at yourself though and saying I don't want. Get rid of the I itself. You don't own anything to say I don't want it or want this or want that. Like when you say I don't want anything, it means I'm entitled. I own something, but I'm I'm relinquishing. No, 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 no. Allah owns everything. So here he says, he says, Tawheed is higher than tawakkul, rida, all of these things, taslim. Why? Because the person who entrusts themselves to Allah says, Oh Allah, here I am, take me, do whatever you want. I want what you want, all of that. Still, they have given themselves some acknowledgement, some existence, and have seen some ownership for themselves, although it's relinquished. But something better than this is for a person, an individual to reach a point where they understand and they feel this and experience that what? That you actually don't own anything to begin with for you to relinquish it to Allah, to entrust it to Allah. To reach a point where you are echoing this that we have in the du'as. La yamliku linafsihi. We've had this before. La yamliku linafsihi naf'an wala darran wala mawtan wala hayatan wala nushura. I don't own anything, O oh Allah. No benefit, no harm. No death, no life, no resurrection. Everything belongs to you. Once we reach this and we negate that from ourselves, we understand, okay, Allah is the owner of everything. Surah Yunus verse 31 says, or the one who owns the ears and the eyes. Allah owns the ears and the eyes. And so I told Jawadi, he says something important here. He says, the verse puts its finger on ears and eyes. But these are just examples. We can, we can extrapolate here and say that Allah owns everything then, not just the eyes and the ears. Yeah, the only thing we own ourselves, which Allah has allowed us to own, so we don't independently, independently own it, we de we're dependent in our ownership here, but we can say that we own it, is our own free will. And what we do and we don't do. Our immediate actions. Okay, and we've talked about this in that Beyond Control uh, course. It's important, this is very important. To understand that we are part of that uh, chain of causes and effects. We do play a role in that. Other than that, in which Allah has independently given us that, so we're dependent on Him even with the free will, but all in all to understand everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look, we're saying this, but these are things to experience after a lifetime of servitude to Allah. And if we don't reach it here, 
in the Barzakh and Yawm Al-Qiyamah, that's when they really teach it to us in a, a beautifully, you see it. And that's something that we also want to discuss in some of our uh, future courses, inshallah. Anyway. This is Surah Al Imran 26, one of my favorite verses. Allahumma Malik al Mulk, Tu'til Mulka man tasha, Tanzi'ul Mulka, Mimman tasha, Tu'izu man tasha, Tu'dillu man tasha, Biyadikal khair, Innaka ala kulli shayin qadir. Oh Allah, Malik al Mulk, the owner of ownership. You give mulk and ownership to whoever you want. You take it and strip it from whoever you want. You give izza and honor to anyone you want. You belittle whoever you want. All khair is in your hands. Everything is yours. You are the all-powerful over all things. This is being. This is re a real Allah. Anything lower than this is not a real Allah. It is there's going to be some shirk in it? Yeah. Don't ascribe any other gods to Allah Subhanahu. Now this Tawheed that we're talking about here, he says, have different levels and grades. This Tawheed itself has different grades as well. And so that's something inshallah we're going to leave for next session. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Yes. That's Tawheed is not something you word anymore. <laughs> because if you word it, then yeah, it might have, but the closest I could say, maybe to think, if, if I were to think about it, is that, MashaAllah, it is only what Allah wants. Finished. <laughs> to the point, this is so cool, one of these ulama has pointed this out, which this scholar, I love him so much, because he's, I feel he's one of the few that's really understood Allah um, But And I might have shared this with some of you before, but in the story of, Prophet Musa, okay, I've talked about this before, I'm sure. In the story of Prophet Musa, when Allah says, وَمَا تِلْكَ بِيَمِينِكَ يَا مُوسَى What's that in your right hand, O Musa? He said, قَالَ هِيَا عَصَايَ This is my staff. I use it, I lean on it, I don't know, I you know hit the trees so the fruit falls and leaves fall or whatever. And so here, these ulama, they're not trying to teach Prophet Musa Tawheed or anything, but... Um, that was in the beginning stages of Prophet Musa. So some of these ulama have said, he should have said, it is what you want it to be, O oh Allah. Not, oh, this is my staff. You're telling Allah what this is. Allah knows what this is. You know, bust out with the real Tawheed here and just be like, it is what you want it to be. Yeah. So yeah, if you were to, if, if you're asking for a line to say that will be in accordance with this pure Tawheed, they say, is just to say, MashaAllah. That's all. It is going to be what Allah wants it to be. That's it. Not I want what Allah wants or not, oh Allah, I gave you whatever you want is what I want. Things like that. Still, he says that. But yeah, these are words bigger than my mouth. Okay. Um, is that a saying you guys have or not? Well, that's something that we have in Farsi then. I just translated it from Farsi. When you say something that's more than what you, you have capacity of, we say that in Farsi, it's bigger than your mouth. It shouldn't be coming out of your mouth, in other words. So these are words that we're saying, but really, um, uh, these are things that the, uh, the, the muqarrabin, inshallah, they, they reach. The, the abrar might not, you know, they might not have that. Just being righteous won't be enough. Uh, it takes a lot of servitude and ibadah to reach. But we're talking about them just so that we know there's a lot out there so we can at least, if one of us even makes it, uh, it's worth it, inshallah. Any other questions before we end? No? Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.